This is the Matt and Muse Show with Matt Hunsler and Adam Musinski. Welcome back to the Matt and Muse Show. This is Adam Muse Musinski. That's not confusing. Uh, along with my good friend Matt Hunsler. Hello, uh, everybody. Yeah. So we did our overtime session with Jake Stradling, a bunch of great feedback. Um, that's why we're coming at you live on Facebook right now. We are only going live on Facebook for approximately the first half hour. We're cutting you off. Then you got to go next week to our podcast host and watch. So I've got some huge news. Yeah, I meant to actually tease that this morning on Facebook. Is Tune in to the Matt and Muse show. We got some breaking news. So there, there's the tease. <laughs> I'm, uh, I'm a daddy. Um, June 5th at 9.16 p.m., my beautiful baby daughter, uh, Olivia Rose, um, was born. Congratulations. Thank you. Uh, baby and mom are doing great. They are at home right now, probably watching this live and uh, <laughs> judging us, but that's okay. Um, it's been. <laughs> You're lucky, Olivia. Can't see anything yet. She's gonna be like, "Oh, that's my dad there." Oh, fail. <laughs> She's gonna be in college, and this is gonna pop up in some history class. He's yeah. a podcast. <laughs> how to start a podcast? I mean, how not to start a podcast? <laughs> so it's been a it's been an absolute whirlwind since she came home. Um, between her and Hank and everything else going on. Um, it's been it's been great. I've been very fortunate with family. Thanks everybody for the support and from the the Musinskis. Um, it's been <laughs> it's been wonderful. So I had a lot of learning to do, but um, I'll figure it out. I don't know what I'm gonna do with a baby girl, but I'm uh, I don't know. Every day's every day's something new. It it's a fun and exciting experience. You'll be fine, man. It's you're not an idiot. So well, well that's good. I'm never complimenting of, you again, though. I know so. a lot of people that would argue with you on that. <laughs> I, I'd usually argue me on that, too. <laughs> so. Um, so you have a bunch of free time. Yeah. Well, you've been off for two weeks, so you have, I guess, downtime, I guess. Yeah, not, downtime. Not free. Uh, between diapers. Um, have you watched History's Six? I started the first episode. Okay. Um, got busy and haven't been able to get into it. it cool. I'm sucked in once i get uh, some time I'm yeah absolutely gonna watch for it. sure so for all our listeners history six um it's on history channel i believe wednesdays all the episodes are on their app as well um, but it basically chronicles the daily operations of seal team six um in battle outside of battle um and dealing with day-to-day life coming back from war and and getting back with society. It's really interesting. I'm not going to say much more. It's a cool storyline. Um, I watched the first season, started the night Jameson was born. So being up with him in the middle of the night and you're just holding them and you're just like, oh, turn this on. That's how I got <laughs> into it. So it was kind of funny that season two literally started the day before Olivia was born. <laughs> oh, so, yes. Yeah. That's, that's really funny, so, actually. A little plug there if anyone's looking for something cool to watch. Um, so, Olivia, nine pound baby, nine pound three ounces, twenty inches long. She's a tank of a baby. And Hank is a tank of a dog. <laughs> How's that going? Um, it's going well so far. Uh, 
she was home for less than two days in her little swing, and Hank got all excited and walked by, and right tail right to the face. <laughs> I didn't know what to do. Shana sort of froze, and uh, uh, Olivia sort of made some weird noises, and then cries and whimpers started coming out, and then Hank didn't know what the heck that was, so Hank started barking back at Olivia because she was crying, and um, it's been a, <laughs> it's been a three ring circus for those two. But he's doing he's doing well with the baby. Um, I think it'd be all right. He's uh, he's protecting her. Um, he's just he's a monster of a dog. Yeah. He was cal- when we came over the other day. He calmed down pretty quick. Oh yeah, he calms down. He but, just sees something new and yeah. he gets all excited and everything. My, my dog's gonna be six. Does the same thing. Oh yeah, so it's a dog. You're doomed. I'm I'm cool with it. Yeah, it's fun. When we brought Jameson home, we it was middle of winter. It was January, so we had him in this white like snow fuzzy suit just to keep him as warm as we could in the car um and we get home and we put him on the floor you know lucy comes over she started trying to play with him like because he looked like a freaking teddy bear at the end of the day <laughs> you could tell she's like "Ooh, a new toy but i think he moved and she goes oh that's not a toy <laughs> <laughs> yeah hank's finding all olivia's toys and um, oh yeah just runs around with them we're gonna be losing a lot of stuff he had a nasal aspirator before he came over today yeah that sounds fun yeah that's Everything's a toy to him, including humans. <laughs> hey, at least he's having fun. So speaking of Jameson, um, how's he been? Good. Waking up too early. I think he's going through a little sleep regression. Um, he's pretty much been up between 5 and 6 every day, including weekends. Um, we put him to bed late, still up. Put him to bed early, still up. So he's still going to bed at 7 because he gets up regardless. Um it's not fun. I woke up, um, I think it was last weekend on Saturday. I think he was up at like 5.15 or 5.30. So I wake up, made him breakfast real quick and fed him. And I finally just like took him, put him back in his crib, gave him some books. I was like, dude, I can't keep my eyes open. He can read? Yeah. He, awesome. You know, it's really cool, actually. He will take a book. He can't read, but he can take, he'll take a book and he knows when it's upside down. He'll turn it around. <laughs> it's it's crazy, and it's all the books. I, I don't know if it's luck I mean, or what. like a Tom Clancy book or something? I should. He'd probably just rip it apart. <laughs> chapter so. books. Yeah. <laughs> <down>. <laughs> Let's throw it around. I can't even read chapter books. Right. No, My favorite man. book I read was Holes because every other page was another chapter. It felt like it was progressing really fast. <laughs> yeah. That, I remember reading that, too, and thinking, like, oh, my God, I'm already through 10 chapters, and I read five pages. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Um yeah, on to sports. Uh, your take, uh, big news this week. Uh, Cabrera's out for the season for the Tigers. Um, tell us what you think. Uh, Miguel Cabrera, torn bicep, if I'm not mistaken. Yep. Um, not necessarily a terrible thing. Obviously, I don't want him to be injured. Um, we got a lot of money and, and time mm-hmm. tied up in him still. Um, but... The streak that the Tigers are going on right now, they're still four and a half games behind the Central. Um, they've got a lot of prospects that they can bring up. they got a lot of prospects they can trade away. Um, this is going to give an opportunity for a lot of those younger players to get that time and exposure, mm-hmm. which is good. Uh, but Miguel Cabrera is still one of the most feared hitters in the MLB. Oh, for Him sure. Him being down, I mean, it's no matter which way you, you try to beat around it, it's, it's going to hurt. Yeah. Um, it, it sucks. He's getting surgery next week, I think. Yeah, I think on so. It. Yeah. Um, yeah, he's he's done. Um, so hopefully he's got a, a safe and uh, 
um, healthy road to recovery. But then again, we've also seen Miguel Cabrera drunk on top of the car swearing at cops. <laughs> so <laughs> right. you never know what he's going to do. <laughs> right. No, I, I feel bad for him, but I'm in the same boat. Like It's going to give a lot of our young prospects a chance to get playing time, which I think is awesome. And maybe, because he's had nagging injuries over the last year and a half, two years, maybe it'll give his entire body. I mean, you're going to have nine months to completely heal. Maybe he comes back next year. I doubt he'll be MVP form, but he might be looking more normal cabbie that we're used to. Oh, absolutely. Um, it's, I don't know, it's tough. It really is, but I hope he heals up. Oh, yeah. Um, Detroit loves him. Whether or not he loves Detroit, that's still up in the air. Um, but I hope he heals up, comes back stronger than ever, and finish out his season, or his career rather well. Right, and... I don't think I think he's got to learn to love Detroit because no one wants his contract. No, and we, we've got him signed for too long. It's uh, I guess the only good thing maybe he retires, but he's still a fear, like you said a feared hitter Absolutely. in the MLB. So. I don't think he'll retire. Yeah. He enjoys the game too much. Yeah. Um. So horse racing. It's been a while since our last podcast. We just missed the horse race. Yeah. It was cool. Did you watch it? I did. Um, the seven hours of build-up for the yeah. two-minute race. <laughs> it's funny because I was looking that morning. I was like, I know it's today, the Belmont. And I was like, oh, the coverage starts at four. I'm like, all right, cool. I'm watching. I'm like, it's all undercard races. I'm like, what, what am I doing? So I go and I Google it. Oh, the gate calls at 645. I'm like, see ya. <laughs> I'll come back for those three minutes and call it good. But uh, no, he... So Justify won, Triple Crown, second one since well, I think it's 15 was the last one. Before that, it was in the 70s, so that was kind of yep. a big jump. Um, something I saw was in the 70s, there was like three or four real close. Then obviously the big break to 2015, now we have two. Before then, it was also like 20 years, and there was another cluster. So it's really just an interesting thing to look at is how, okay, you get a couple that win, and then something changes. Trainer, maybe it's just they have a good trainer or a good jockey that keeps going around. But he, I blame inbreeding. That could be it too. I don't know if that's true, but he does follow the same bloodline all the way back to Secretariat. I did see that. That is, uh, that's actually pretty incredible. Right. It was really cool. I think it's Secretariat's. I don't know the horse term, and I apologize for all the horse racing fans out there, but it's his mom. I think is the, I think it's Dame. I don't know why. No, I should know this. I you should. You, farm. you did grow I up. I hate horses. They do scare me. Yeah. But anyways, yeah, it was a cool little fact. And now our triple crown winner. Um, what is your, so obviously neither of us are probably big horse racing fans. Well, if I'm, we had more money, we could be. Well, yeah, I, I mean, I'll watch it for the triple crown, but honestly, after the Kentucky Derby, if you don't win the Preakness, I'm not watching the Belmont. I'll watch the Belmont. It's two minutes. Yeah, but if there's no Triple Crown, who cares? Uh, it's still cool to know. Yeah, it's, that's true. In our line of work here, we should know. <laughs> we, should, we probably should. <laughs> <laughs> work? I well, ain't getting paid. In our line of whatever the heck we're doing right now. Right, right. Um, one cool thing about it, though... Um, the jockey, Mike Smith, he was 56 years old, something like that. Already in the Hall of Fame. Yeah. I mean, it's they. there's a lot of people that say 
Hey, look at this guy. I mean, he's won hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of races oh, internationally. Yeah. Um, he's been horse racing his entire life. Uh, they say, well, he's got the experience. That's why he won the race. I don't know if that's true or not, but that's incredible. Absolutely incredible um, to be as old as he is and as successful as he is. Weird-looking dude, and he had some weird mannerisms, but I guess what jockey doesn't. Right. Um, good for him. Absolutely good for him. Um, the trainer, what was the trainer's name? Um, he's had some very good success in the past, too, with horse racing. Yeah. A lot of races. He had uh, American Pharaoh. That's it's right. the same owners. Yep, that's yeah. right. Yeah. that's Originally, I thought it was American Pharaoh's offspring. Again, I don't know the technical terms full as a baby horse okay. I know that much okay anyways that's what i thought it was but then i googled it because i wanted to make sure i had it correct and google does not lie uh but i did find like a horse racing site you can follow bloodlines it's really interesting they go back like six seven eight generations wow um but yeah but he had the bloodline uh connected to secretariat from the 70s so the secretariat never needs to race again no turn to glue he's done no, not secretary. Uh, <laughs> I know what you mean, justify. Justify. He's racing again, though. Why? I, I don't know why you would know. Sorry. I don't know. That was a closed-ended question. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> to get the, uh, what do they call them, money? Stud uh, fees. Oh, higher. Yep. Yeah. Because I think American Pharaoh's stud fees were, I think last time I saw there, 250000 three times a day. Like you're raking in three-quarter million every day. I could stud myself out for that much. No one wants that, though. <laughs> You'd have to pay them to take it. You'd be losing money, homie. What's it say about my wife? <laughs> How much you paying her? <laughs> I don't know. It doesn't make sense. She makes more money than I do. <laughs> hey, one day. This is going to be big. Um, <laughs> all right. <laughs> Transition. So what? We can be big. <laughs> You don't know. What about you? I'm already big. <laughs> we could be popular. How's that sound? <laughs> Much better. All right. Sounds a lot better. Cool. Um, in other been. sports that we just missed in the last podcast, mm-hmm. um, Stanley Cup Finals. Yep. Um, our, uh, well, I think it was both of our prediction um, came true. Um, Vegas did not win. I had a feeling they were not going to win. Um, no, and... It, it was a cool story, but I go back to my original point of saying if they won, would they have had fans this year or this next upcoming year? I don't know. Um, I think the, the joy on Ovechkin's face is why people hate the NBA. Oh, absolutely. When he they had the parade the other day, he just got up and started screaming. Granted, he was hammered. Well, he's been hammered. But, but no, you, you could tell when they scored the go-ahead goal on the bench, he was just ecstatic. You could tell he's finally, like, 13 years, finally got past the Penguins, going to beat Flurry. Yeah, how many, how oh many cups did Flurry take away from him, you think? Two. Was it two? Yeah, because it was the last two. Because then they went through the Red Wings. But, I'd, I mean, Ovechkin was good early 2000s, but I still think – the team was super young. Yeah, that's true. Very but, true. Yeah, so that, I'm not. I'm still not a huge Ovechkin fan, but good for him. No, it is. He is. You could tell the excitement took all the pain. The last 13 years, all that money means nothing to him right now. He's like a little kid. Oh yeah. Yeah, I won the Stanley Cup. I'd be the same way. 
Maybe you should win the Stanley Cup. Maybe I should learn how to ice skate. There you go. It's a um, good start. <laughs> <laughs> right. Right. When they were doing the presentations, I was watching. And it, obviously, he won Conn Smythe. Uh, but Batman goes up to give it to him. And he's like, and hey, you're the Conn Smythe winner. Congratulations. He takes it, turns around, just gave it to a trainer. Like, just take that. I, I don't. Like, he cares, obviously. Oh, yeah. But you could tell. He's there for like, the cup. He's there for the cup. And he grabbed it. Oh, God, it was awesome. I don't know. I love hockey. Playoff hockey is the best. There's nothing like it. Nothing no. like playoff hockey in the world. Did you see him do a keg stand out of the cup? I did see him do a keg stand <laughs> out of the cup. Um, <laughs> that is, it's the most amazing thing ever. And then I saw a whole bunch of videos of him singing Queen's We Are the Champion in different languages. <laughs> oh, yeah. I assume that's the only song he knows they, about winning. He probably. Well, it's funny. Uh, I was reading Russian Five, and they, it was the same thing with um, – Konstantinov, that's the only song he knew. So he was just going around singing it in his accent, and it was just the most hilarious thing when they won it in 97. He must have been watching the Mighty Ducks quite often. Right, probably was. <laughs> um, one of the coolest things about hockey, I believe, and I assume you would too, is they won the, the Caps won the Stanley Cup, and they're on the ice celebrating. And, I don't know, three, four minutes go by. And obviously Vegas is still standing on the ice. Vegas saluted their fans, which I thought was awesome. But after that, they all got in line and shaked hands. Absolutely. Shook they still hands. have respect for each other. They just beat the hell out of each other for, oh, yeah. I guess this was five games. Yeah. And they're still willing to shake hands in the end of the game and yeah. say, hey, you put up a good fight. Thanks. Yeah. See you next year. And it, it's an organized thing. Not like, Not like the, the NFL. NFL, the NBA. I don't even think the MLB. MLB, they just the winning team just takes the field. Their own and that's hands. it. Yeah, yeah. Um, I just think it's, it shows sportsmanship and respect, and, and especially in a sport that violent, um, it just proves how big of a person you are to go shake the hand of a dude who you could legitimately thrown down with that game. Oh yeah, you know, there's a chance he knocked your tooth out 30 minutes before yeah, that. Exactly, or you know, lost your finger. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently there was a defenseman for the Caps that uh, lost a pinky or part of his pinky. We have to do some more research into that. Um, but, yeah, he lost his pinky um, and told the trainer, I'm going back in, just mm-hmm. sew it on. So he now wants to get surgery on said pinky. Good chance he's going to lose the entire thing. But he has his name on the Stanley but he's Cup. Got his but name you know what? Stanley that's Cup. all that matters. And, damn it, that's all that counts. Right. Good uh, for him. Word. Um, One new thing uh, to switch gears here a little bit, Um, looking at college sports, a new rule came out for the NCAA. Um, I don't know if you saw this or not, Mm -hmm. Um, student athletes are now able to um, transfer schools without seeking permission from the school that they're already at. Um, In the past, say I was going to, or I was attending um, LSU. Uh, mm-hmm. I would have to seek uh, permission from the athletic director, uh, my coach, coaching staff, um, to transfer to a different school. And they could either say, yep, go ahead without us infringing, um, or no, you can't go, or yes, you can leave, but you can't go to school A, B, C, or D. Mm-hmm. Um, now that's not an, an issue. Um, mm-hmm. if, if I wanted to leave, I can go to whatever school I wanted. There's been players in the past um, where they have left the program they're playing with, gone to a JUCO for – uh, either a semester or a year, and then transfer the school they actually want to go right. to. Jumping through hoops. Yeah, exactly. So this is, in the long run, I think going to help students out a lot as far mm-hmm. as an academic standpoint. 
um, because obviously they're not all there for um, athletics. Um, a lot of the transfers, athletics probably aren't going to be their priority uh, simply because that's maybe why they are transferring. Mm-hmm. Um, so if they're able to go from one school to another and still play without sitting out and go to the school they want to go to and pursuing the degree they want to get, I think it's good. Um, For sure. I don't know. What are your thoughts on it? No, I, I think it's a good step in the right direction. I still think um, they need to be given the rights that the coaches are um, it, when it comes terms to transferring. Coaches can walk away and go coach another school in a day. Very true. You know, um, I'd like... I understand there, there'll probably be at some point still some turnover time, but having the students now at least be able to pick whatever school, because like, you heard of the rumors of Saban blocking people going to Georgia or something. Oh, you know, More <laughs> time podcast is coming. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I think it's a step in, der- in the right direction. I would like to see eventually um, transfer rules basically say, hey, you can go wherever – you can play the next year. I think having them finish the season or being not being able to transfer midseason is a rule. It should be a rule. Yes, I think that should be a rule for coaches too. Um, yes, because there's so many being a chip. Brian Kelly did it. Um, he left at the end of the season, went to coach Notre Dame, and left us high and dry for a bowl game. Yep. And okay, if you want to do that, cool. No, not cool. Screw that. No, you want to do that? <laughs> Too bad. You signed a contract, play out the rest of the year, then go to Notre Dame. No, I, agree. I agree with that. Because um, right now, the way this is written, um, mm-hmm. they are still able to play, I think it's four games, mm-hmm. um, and they can transfer without any sort of penalty. Right. Um, which, on one hand, that really sucks. But yeah. on the other hand, you're probably not going to lose your star athletes to this. Mm-hmm. Um, and these kids, if they're willing to try and transfer what they're doing in school, um, they're not getting paid. They're not on any right. sort of real contract with that school right. other than here's my tuition money, give me back my education. Right, and the coaches are on contract. Exactly. Well, like, I mean, if, if, you lose, if you lose a receiver, you've got eight more right. on the sidelines ready to take his place. Word. So, I mean, it's... It's okay. They they should be able to leave midseason. Obviously, it sucks, but the the team can still operate without yeah. one player. It cannot operate without the one coach. Yeah, but then how many times are you going to see players, oh, my team's losing and I want to be on TV, so I'm going to transfer to Alabama? They better do it before those four games. I mean, that's why after those four games, they have to sit out the rest of the season. Okay. I think that's why it's going to help it. Yeah. That way you're not just getting people bouncing around. Right, I right, mean, it's, right. That'd be just ridiculous. Yeah. But this does help the whole, like you said before, jumping through hoops thing. Exactly. Yeah, you're not going to have those guys transfer to a JUCO school, go, they'll find a way to get A's. I mean, let's get real. Oh, yeah. And then a semester later, they're playing for who they want to play for. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's, in all honesty, this is mainly for football. Yeah, I mean, it affects oh, all the sports, yeah. but it's it's a football. Yeah, because to go, if you're one of the gifted athletes that have a chance to go in the NFL, you have to be there for three years. Um, and that's, at, obviously, the NBA, I think they should get rid of the one-and-done rule completely and just let them go. But And then baseball, you don't hear too many transfers just because, um, again, it's the same thing. I think it's two, maybe it's three years. You have to go play college baseball or – before you even start college, you can go get drafted and go play minors. You can, you can get drafted out of high school, 
or you have to play. I think it is three years. Yeah. I think that's the way it is with hockey, too. Um, you can either yep. get drafted out of high school or go or play three years. But I think that's a great rule. But I, I'm i all about people getting an education. Yeah, exactly. Because if you're, if you're talented enough to get drafted out of high school, I would hope that you have a good shot of making it. If you're not, you need to get an education. Because if you don't make it, what do you have? Exactly. You know, there's so many players, NFL, NBA, um, that leave early, go play professional sports, end up either going overseas, out of a job, then they're get like, hurt. oh, great. Yeah. You, you, get, you, get, you get drafted right out of high school, you blow out your ACL, you never come back, yeah. you never return from that. What do you got? Or okay. you could have gone and played college ball, free education. Exactly. Go to the NBA. I mean, if you, you end up making okay. a pro, you can pay that education. But even if it wasn't free, you can pay that back no. in a... A month. A game. Uh, yeah. You know, yeah. For sure. No, I agree. But time will tell. We'll see what this brings us. That it will. Uh, so, again, we forget to say the day we're doing this. Oh, crap. <laughs> it's June 15th. <laughs> it's a Saturday. Or, it's, no, Friday. <laughs> it's Friday. Feels like Saturday. Been a long day. Um, so, the PGA US Open's going on right now. Uh, the cut is set at plus five. Uh, Dustin Johnson's the only one under par in first at minus four. There's a handful of guys even. Um, cut was set at plus eight. Woods, plus ten, got cut. McElroy, Speed, they all got cut. Um, all you Phil fans, I know you're you're a Phil fan. I'm not his biggest fan. Uh, he's plus six. Um, I don't think he can come back from that the way DJ's playing unless there's a collapse. Um but something I saw was or heard on the radio this morning was I believe it I want to say it was twenty years. The last twenty years, no one has won a major with being outside of four strokes of the leader at the cut. Does that make sense? So yeah, I had to. I had to okay, do the math you think, yeah, yeah. It's a it's a little wordy, but it makes sense, and it's something that really, if you look at it, okay. So you got. DJ and the four dudes even par that really have a shot if you follow yeah. that rule. But the one thing I like about the U.S. Open, it's always played on courses that are really tough, um, heavy, rough, and you're pulling in scores like the guy on Thursday, 92. That's what I golf. Um, <laughs> on that course, I have be probably 122. Um, <laughs> uh, give yourself some credit. Well, Thirteen hundred yards off back, like hundred yards back from where I would tee off. Yeah, you can't miss the ball. No, you tend to do that in occasion. I don't miss the ball. The ball misses the target. Ah, hell, oh, that's the problem. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, so yeah, so cut my hand right. Yeah, haven't got my golf mojo back. That's very unfortunate. I was flirting with a five handicap. Hit a 48 yesterday. All right. It's not it was good. bad, though. We're in fourth that's, now. That's what I golf when I golf once a month. I know. And I golf at least once a week. <laughs> no, we, we got done, and I added it up. I'm like, oh, man. Um, this isn't good. One, this might make you feel even worse about yourself. No, great. Um, one thing that I did see for the U.S. Open, um, a guy making the cut, he is a uh, he's an amateur um, a mid-amateur, if you want to be specific. His name's Matt. I might butcher his last name. Parzial? Parzial? I don't know. His name's Matt. Um, good for him. His name's Matt. He made the cut. 
he is a uh, he's an amateur firefighter, um, and or maybe a professional firefighter, amateur golfer, um, and he made the cut. Um, that's awesome. Yeah. I mean, it's the fact that there's all those outstanding golfers that are time and time again making the cut and winning, and they're not making the cut this year um, or this time around. And this guy is. It's kind of funny. Um, that's why I think golf is so um, finicky and interesting because you could just have some schmuck out there practicing his ass off, doing the best he can. Mm-hmm. He makes a cut. And then you got Tiger Woods out there, and obviously he's not what he's it's used all to he be. Does. But the news is all about him. Yeah. And he was 10 over. Right. So. Did you hear about the NHL ref? Who qualified for the U.S. Open? No, I didn't. Uh, he finished three strokes behind McElroy on day one. I'm tried. I don't think he made the cut. So, but it's still like another one of those guys. Like, I have a day job. A lot of those referees and officials, even beyond the refereeing and officiating, are lawyers, doctors, something else. It's not their full time job. Wow, lawyers and doctors. Yeah. How many officials are lawyers and doctors? <laughs> Are you serious? Yeah. In the, in the NFL, like all of them. Lawyers and doctors? Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah. Huh. A lot of them own like their own law firms and everything. I'm not even BSing you, dude. This is, this is legit. I'm do some research on that. Yeah, you'll call me on it or something. That was That's the big debate about the NFL officials becoming full-time because they all have day jobs. Well, I'm sure not all of them because they do make a decent amount of money, but the majority of them do. Hockley's the dude with the muscles. Yeah. He's a lawyer. Really? Word. Huh, okay. I, have to I look think. that up at halftime. <laughs> right, right. Um, How's softball going now well, you started that? Yeah. Uh, we finished our fourth and fifth game of the season this last Tuesday. Um, had a few rainouts here and there, but we had a doubleheader on Tuesday. We swept them, played two different teams, uh, but we won both games. Um it's uh, it's going well. Not great. It's going well. We need to get some people turning out. Um, but uh, I think we're going to be all right this year. I'm having a lot of fun out there. Gives me a chance to get out of the house. It looks like Adam found <laughs> something. <laughs> yes. Ed Hockley, NFL official, 1990 to 2017, attorney at Jones, Skelton, and Hockley, PLC, 1983 to present. Booming. Wow. Is that your new catchphrase? No, it's trademarked, probably. <laughs> I wish. <laughs> Jerk. So, yeah, fast bit softball is going great. Um, then on that note, we're going to take a quick, uh, quick halftime timeout recess here. Yep. All you Facebook Live people, there's some uh, one person watching right now. Thanks. Tommy Clark. Uh, up, homie? We'll, uh, we'll be back. Yeah. But not so, you. So, Facebook guys, um, we're cutting you off. Come listen to the podcast, posting probably Tuesday. Um, Got to mix up some music. It'll be back. Listen. All right. Welcome back to the Matt Muse Show. This is Muse. I'm at the second yep. half. Yep. Putting a little break in. Um Get all, our, all of our thoughts in order, uh, but we're going to come back with you right now with the Beer the Podcast. Bop. B-O-P. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, no, you're good. You're good. <laughs> um, 
today, so we actually cracked one beer. It will remain nameless. Uh, it was infected. It was. My, I was so pumped to drink it. Did not age well. So, no. so bad. Yeah. So anyways. Beer number two. We moved on to uh, Adam's Collection of Bombers and ran into a Sam Adams American Creek, which is uh, ale with Bolton cherries aged in oak barrels. Um, and hand bottle, cork, not caged, not bottle conditioned by any means. And it's blended with Cosmic Mother Funk. This is new. I never even knew about this. Um, it's another beer, again, by Sam Adams. Um, it's a sour undertones with the uh, lactobacillus acids and everything. Um, and that is actually the base. It's an American Wild Ale. That's the base to their um, brewery, like, not brewery, but tap room, barrel room collection series. Yep. So, for those who don't know, Sam Adams, everyone thinks Boston Lager in Michigan, Cherry Wheat, Angry Orchard. Their portfolio is huge. The Boston Beer Company portfolio, truly Twisted Tea, Angry Orchard, it goes on and on and on. But Sam Adams brews over 60 beers a year. They distribute 13, 14. Yeah, not nearly that much. No. Um for those of you out there that don't think of Sam Adams as anything more than Boston Lager and Cherry Wheat, you're missing out. Yeah, um, their easily. beer, their beer is incredible. It really is. There's a reason they've been around this long, other than their their, their staples. Um, they still attract lots of craft drinkers um, with beers like this. It's a fantastic beer. Uh, a lot of good cherry flavor. A lot of Belgian undertones. Um, mm-hmm. It's. I will, if possible, drink this again if I can find it. Yeah, very good. Shout out to my sister. Uh, spent some time in Boston last year. Um, she texted me, "Hey, we have at the Boston Beer Sam Adams Brewery. Do you want anything?" Took a couple of pictures. This is where I said, "Sure, throw it in there. Let's see what happens." Um, but yeah, it. That I am blown away. This yes. beer solid. Like, can I get some in Michigan? Probably I would drink not. this beer every day. <laughs> Every day. Every day. Put it it might replace Corona. <laughs> no. I kind of drink a lot of Corona. I don't know if your wallet could afford it. <laughs> <laughs> well, I can't afford this. I can afford Corona. <laughs> All right, brother. Cheers. Dude, that's just... Oh, the cherry in there is beautiful. Oh. Not overpowering. Not medicinal. The cherries, the Balton cherries are actually... Uh, Belgian yeast strain or something like that. Grown in northern Michigan, though. It's a Belgian cherry grown okay. in Michigan. Yeah, there you go. That's what I read. I don't okay. know. I've never heard of them until this week. Uh, yeah, no, I know. Did you know all the cherries for cherry wheat are grown in northern Michigan? I didn't know that. See? You did? Well, yeah. Did you know that Traverse City is the cherry capital of the world? <laughs> no way! <laughs> really? Weird, I know. Strange. Oh, dude. I'm learning things. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's probably some dude in Ohio that's just like, oh, it is? That's kind of cool. I don't think we have any listeners in Ohio yet. Maybe Wisconsin. Mike, Wisconsin. There you go. Cheese. I have family over there. We should have a cheese episode. <laughs> a cheese sampling. A little cheese plate. Cheese, cheese uh, of the podcast. Uh, dude, we, charcuterie. I was saying, we should need a charcuterie board. <laughs> Word. <laughs> All righty. So... As we're drinking our delicious beer, let's get back to sports here. Um, 
one of my least favorite things in the world, the NBA, is finally over with. <laughs> um, and now uh, certain uh, sports affiliates out there have nothing better to talk about than what LeBron James is uh, doing for his off-season regimen um, and uh, what uh, uh, Kawhi Leonard's going to do for breakfast tomorrow and all that <laughs> nonsense. Uh, but the NBA Finals, uh, what's your take on that, uh, that uh, atrocious series by uh, the Cavaliers? We all knew that was going to happen in September. I agree. It, it, I get it's cool to see a team go four years in a row, but when that happens twice in those four years and the four years before that was the Miami Heat, um, it it's just watered down. I don't, I don't know how they were making money. I don't know who's watching it. I, I've watched all the NBA Finals from, I don't know, as long as I can remember. I touched it last year for a quick second. I think I watched a quarter this year. That was it. And I'm an NBA fan, dude. I grew up playing basketball. I love the NBA. Uh, it's more than I watch. Right. It, I'm over it. It needs to change. Super teams and all that. Are, it, it's a waste. I, I don't know what to say. It's just disappointing because there are 30 teams, and we all know only three have a chance, and the one of those three really doesn't have a chance. Um and now we're looking at it in this off season as where's LeBron going to go? Because okay, if he stays in the East, pencil them in the NBA Finals. No penman, permanent marker, sharpie it. That should be a saying. Sharpie, sharpie it. it. Sharpie <laughs> it. <laughs> oh, we can't use sharpie. Permanent marker it. Permanent <laughs> marker it. There you go. Um, and then if he goes to the Western Conference, he'll definitely be in the Conference Finals, but he'll lose to Golden State because. I don't see them breaking up. Maybe he'll go to Golden State. Do we really care? No. Not really. <laughs> do not care. What we do care about, but at the same time doesn't really matter, <laughs> um, is the Pistons. Um, they fired um, Stan Van Gundy. It's going on, what, two months now? They finally, this week, hired a head coach, Dwayne Casey from the Raptors. Uh, gave him a five-year deal worth way too much money. Um Still don't have a GM, don't really have much of a front office. But I was looking at um, the numbers and the contracts, and I found it very interesting. They say they signed Dwayne Casey for five years at, I think it was like $7 million a year, which is a ridiculous amount of money. He was the best option out there. I get it. Um, they have their core players under contract for the next two years. Um, and that's just Reggie Jackson. And then the next year, they still got Andre and Blake. And the next year, they'll have Blake as well. Is Tom Gorris looking at this saying, okay, I have two years with my core group of players. I have a coach signed up for the long term. I'm going to sign a GM, a president for the long term. Am I looking at if this upcoming season, if I can get in the playoffs, my team's going up for sale? Heard it here first. Yeah, I. Why not? He's in LA. He's not present. He comes to one game a year, opening night, maybe more. I don't know. Um, but I, I say, if that's what he wants to do, sell him, man. Let's find someone here in Detroit, in Michigan, 
Um, At least in the Midwest. Yeah. Close. Come in, take over. You got a clean house. Our contracts just suck. It's As a Pistons fan, it's horrible to look at, but I know in the back of my head I have four years of waiting before I can have any hope. So, Yeah, I mean, there's the one person I've said, and I've said this multiple times, uh, Dan Gilbert, buy a sell, please. Yeah, but he owns the Cavs. Sell them. I would like that. LeBron's gone. Get rid of the Cavs. (laughs) Sign LeBron for one year and sell the Cavs. (laughs) Forbes stated that LeBron's worth over $100 million to the Cavs value. Um, Speaking of LeBron James. uh, They're back at it. I, I need to get this off my chest. All right. Do it. So he has, yes, he's won a, uh, some championships, but he's also just absolutely played horrible in a few um, championship series. And at the end of the series, he's yeah. always got some apparent injury. <laughs> oh, God. Broken hand. Um, so right now he's got a broken hand because he punched a whiteboard. But he's able to play the entire series, and now that he got his ass handed to him, he's got a broken hand. In the past, he had, oh, he had a hurt right elbow. He had to shoot free throws left-handed. Oh, well, there was another game seven where he collapsed on the floor or whatever, and then he was all of a sudden fine and got yeah. up and made free throws. And then before that, I think it was three or four years, 2015 maybe, somewhere in there, um, he had cramps yeah. so bad that he had to be carried off the court. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Which is funny. Uh, so he goes to that press conference after game four, hand-wrapped up. The dude on the Capitals that literally lost part of his finger. Lost lost his part of his finger, yeah. No one knew until the got released Til, by today. the press. I think it was today. Yeah. It's a week ago. Yeah. I don't know, five days. But still, he's not sitting at a press conference looking at his finger dangling off. Hey, look at me, guys. I still won. It's like hockey players are so much cooler. Oh, yeah. It was, we were talking earlier. Miller from the Red Wings almost lost his eye. Yeah. wanted to finish the game a yeah. couple of years ago. Yeah, I know. You're losing your eye. Right. All right. That's it's enough LeBron talk. That, All right. That's well, it. breaking news today. Kawhi wants out of San Antonio and wants to go to L.A. Big surprise there. All right. Don't think i <laughs> <laughs> Oh, God. That's it used to be so off. fun. That's good. Yeah. Uh, oh, you can cross that one off. All right. Oh, man, that one did that. Cool. We're moving right along. So I was watching the news the other day. Word. <laughs> no, you weren't. Yeah, it was. Well, the news was on when I was getting ready for work. And, uh, no, it wasn't. No, it was, anyway. Yeah, a, you've been off for two weeks. You're not getting ready for work. There is a uh, a pimp in uh, Nevada. I'm pretty sure he's uh, located in Las Vegas. He is a legal pimp. He owns, I think, six or seven different brothels. His name is Dennis Hoff. And uh, he just won a, a Republican primary election. What? Um, I'm just looking at this article right now in awe. Um, I uh, I don't know why, but I think that's hilarious. And that's uh, this is not a political show by any means, but that's sort of the nature of the politics in the U.S. right now. Is I'm a pimp. I'm going to win votes. <laughs> <laughs> just thought that's worth bringing up. Kind of funny. That is funny. What he either half a dozen legal brothels in Nevada, star of the HBO adult reality series Cat House. And one Republican primary for the state legislator on Tuesday. Outlasting a three-term lawmaker. That's amazing. And he beat a frickin' doctor. <laughs> well, that doctor's probably an official in the NFL, though, too. 
He might be. <laughs> we should look it up. <laughs> the, the, this is what's wrong. No, I'm not doing it. I said I won't. I'm done. That nope. can be a, a, when you're doing your solo hour, the corner of the basement, smoking cigarettes and talking politics by yourself. No, th- this will be a Kelly hour. Whenever he wants to come talk politics, he can come talk politics. I'll be sitting there playing Tiger Woods. Kelly, you know who you are. Come on over, get drunk in Adam's basement and talk politics. He's not listening. <laughs> nothing better to do. He's probably working. We're playing video games, drinking uh, Drippa. <laughs> Drippa drunk Kelly, nothing better. <laughs> <laughs> Alrighty, so All right. uh, if you've been uh, following along our last uh, few uh, podcasts, we try to have a random stat, now stat slash fact of the podcast. So where are we going with this? What do you mean? Where are we going with this? Is it a stat or is it a fact? Or well, today, should we it make is both? It's is that too much work for you? Both, but um, it is a uh, we'll call it a fact and quasi official stat. Oh my god! And here's the reason: say so, quasi official again. Oh, we're one day removed from the <laughs> the anniversary of this. Um, June 14th, 1974. Um, yeah, I remember. Do you? <laughs> this is good. Good day. Um, Nolan Ryan and Luis Tiant. Um, there was a game uh, between the Angels and the Red Sox. Went to 15 innings. Um, the Angels won 4-3, to three, um, thanks to a, a two-run home run by uh, Yastrzemski. However, where it gets interesting is right here. Nolan Ryan pitched 13 innings, um, struck out 19. Tiant pitched 14 to third innings. This is where it gets really crazy. So back then, pitch counts weren't official, but the best um, opportunity we have to sort of understand how many pitches he thrown, um, the best estimation that they could find is Nolan Ryan threw 235 pitches that day. Wow. Which is Unbelievable. That is four games for pitchers right now. Shouldn't they have that on video? I'm sure it's somewhere. We should look it up. It could be a great use of our six hours of the day. <laughs> Counting <laughs> Nolan Ryan's pitches. We could prove him wrong. And make this was 1974. It might not have been televised yet. That's true. But 13 innings, approximately 235 pitches. Um, that, that's it, insane. It's it's unreal. And Tiant with 14 to third innings... Um, if he was, they say if he was perfectly efficient, um, he would have thrown right around 165 pitches, which is stupid. It's unreal. Nolan Ryan's also the guy that threw a 76 pitch complete game. Mm-hmm. Um, that wasn't that season, but he's also done that in his career. He's had so many, so many, um, stats that are never going to be touched. Um, nobody's going to strike out as many guys as Nolan Ryan. No, um, it's just he was an unbelievable pitcher. My cousin's named after him, which I think is pretty funny. Really? Yeah, his name's Nolan Ryan. My cousin is named Connor Nolan Ryan Judge. Whoa! <laughs> <laughs> I'm not even joking. His dad's a huge baseball fan, and yeah, that's funny. There you go. There's a fact to go with that stat. Oh, money! And in that in that game, uh, Cecil Cooper. Don't know who he is. To be honest with you. Went 0 for 8 with six strikeouts for Boston. That's a terrible day at the plate. Um, 0 for 6? 0 for, no, 0 for 8 with six Ks. 
There you go. So, what, 235 pitches? Uh, approximately, that's what we're guessing. So, the game yesterday with the Tigers, um, again, it's Twins, the pitcher was just over 100. And they took what's-his-face out with the Tigers at, like, 92. Yeah. And Nolan Ryan went 235. Unreal. Absolutely unreal. Now you think about... Um, there was a there was a Barbasol commercial that used to be on, <laughs> and it was all about this sell you shave like a man, you know. Um, and there was a pitcher up on the mound, and he goes, "I'm just in the ninth inning. I'm throwing a double header today. Hey, look, they're bringing in the reliever. It's me." <laughs> <laughs> do you ever remember seeing that? I do. And it's baseballs evolved so much from when it first was was a thing. I mean, you you look at um, the the pitchers back in the late 1800s and into the 20s, 30s, 40s, compared to what they are now, is so much more specialized. Mm-hmm. Um, back then, it's just you throw and throw and throw, and hopefully they don't hit the ball. Hopefully my arm doesn't fall off, and hopefully I have some sort of career. Um, you look at Cy Young. Cy Young has the record for the most wins as a pitcher. He also has the record for the most losses as a pitcher. Dang it, I should have saved that. <laughs> <laughs> and there's your stat number two of the podcast. It's got a two for today. Matt Muse official twofer of the day. <laughs> so it's just, that's what's very interesting about baseball, about how, how it's evolved throughout the, the decades and, mm-hmm. and the centuries, I guess. Um, and it's, it's continuing to evolve. I mean, we're to the point now where eventually we're going to have no need for umpires. Oh yeah, um, they're going to be able to put a chip in the ball, and it's going to me- be measured with different, maybe laser beams or sensors within the ground around mm-hmm. the plate. Yep, ball or strike. Um, the bases are going to be the same way. Does the ball get there first? Does the runner, the base get stepped on? Um, it's it's just a matter of time. Baseball was the last um, sport where there was the human error um, that was an element um, by the officials, and then they brought in the instant replay, and that all changed. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not a huge fan of the instant replay in no. any sports, but there's a, lot of, there's a lot of people out there that are saying, you know, got to get the call right, which, fine, I understand that. Um, but you are, um, as a professional athlete out there, doing your best. As a professional official out there, you also should be doing your best. That's the thing about sports. It's the human element that adds to everything. Exactly. What, uh, are you going to start reviewing shots because... Oh hey, he form was perfect, power was perfect. It counts. Yeah, yep. He did everything right. Didn't go in. We don't know why it didn't right. go in, but it should have. So we're gonna count. Yeah, it. exactly. No, I, I'm not a big fan of replays. It's it just adds to the game so much time. Yep, especially in football. Yeah, you're you're talking. So they go what three fifteen typically? You're, you're guaranteed three hours. You take replay out. You're two forty five. Definitely under three. Yeah, I mean, you're, you're saving time. You're going to get more viewers that way. Um, that's a big thing with baseball right now. They want to save time. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. We want to save time, but here, now you can challenge and go Yeah, each team replays. three challenges. Right. Um, the officials, after the seventh inning, they can automatically look at a play if they're not sure of it. Um, it's, it's kind of a, I don't want to say messed up situation, but... They're looking for all these opportunities to make the game shorter by getting rid of the intentional walk, which is an integral part of the game. Um, and instead, they're letting them have these this time to take the replay, which is just adding time on. You know what? Make them throw four balls. What's your view on the intentional walk? Oh, man. 
Do you want them to throw the four balls? They should throw the four balls. You're a professional pitcher. If you can't purposefully throw balls away (laughs) from the plate, just like you can purposely throw balls across the plate, you don't deserve to be a professional pitcher. If you end up throwing it over your catcher and the runner advanced, that's on you. If you end up leaving one in the zone on accident and they hit a ball out the outfield and the runner advances or scores, that's on you. You should be able to throw the balls away. That saves – they did a study, and it saves – In most games, there's not even an intentional walk. Right. right. Um, and for the 162 games a season, uh, for that one team throughout the season, it saves – I think it was three minutes per team mm. on average, something like that. Through the entire season. Yeah, through the entire yeah. season, which is absurd. Uh, bring it back. Absolutely bring yeah. it back. It's It's been – there's tons of videos out there showing intentional rocks going wrong. <laughs> Look at Miggy. Miguel Cabrera, when he's still playing for Florida, he had a ball to right center, end up scoring a run. They end up winning the game after that. I mean, it wasn't with that hit, but – But still – Exactly. It's, I mean, you get feared hitter up there. If mm-hmm. somebody like Miguel Cabrera is willing to be like, oh, it's close enough in the zone. He's only thrown at 65 miles an hour. I'm going to hit it. Right. No, get it away. That's the point of yeah. an intentional walk. Get it outside of the zone. Yeah. Um, I agree. Look how many times Barry Bonds was walking his career intentionally. Oh, right. How many balls that had to be thrown to him? There was a few of them where they threw it over the catcher's head and runners advanced mm-hmm. anyway. There was a time Barry Bonds was walked. <laughs> Should have saved this too, but I'm already using it. <laughs> Barry Bonds was such a feared hitter in his day that he was uh, he was intentionally walked with the bases loaded. I yeah, it's hilarious. It's great. I love baseball. All right, my rant's done. You can no, you you're go. good, dude. That was good. We we'll have a baseball uh, podcast here shortly once we get in the heat of summer. We can talk about uh, right around the All Star break. Sounds about good. That's my All Star around ball. my birthday. What's that? It's usually around my birthday. Oh, we'll have a birthday baseball podcast. Whoop, whoop. Going camping. <laughs> well, I'll do it myself Get, then. Getting old. 30? <laughs> 30. 30, 30. Still in my 20s. You know, the best thing about that is my wife turns 30 12 days before me. Nice. I got some good gifts for her. <laughs> She's going to 12 hate days me. of Christmas for turning 30? Oh, yeah. Oh, that's a good idea. Oh, Mel, don't listen to this. Right. <laughs> <laughs> beep, 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 beep. We'll take that out. <laughs> um, so, anything you noticed when you came over today? I see that you are a fan of fertilizer in your lawn. You must be. It's green, it's lush, and it's beautiful. My grass is the best. Your neighbor's is pretty nice. He's retired, though. Yeah, he has more time. Yeah, good-looking lawn out no, there. No, I, I, so I, I overwork. And like, I got to run over the grass real quick. It's probably the first time this year I actually cut the grass when it was supposed to be cut. Um, I got done. I was like, damn, that looks good. But I just want to tell you about it. Uh, it was nice. I noticed. I did fertilize this week, too. Good for you. I uh, I did not fertilize the first time this year, so I'm still not doing it. <laughs> um, you got too much lawn to fertilize. I know. It would cost so much money. If oh, I put yeah. weed and feed on it, I wouldn't have lawn left. <laughs> it's you a, need lot of, a lot of weed, not a lot of feed and things to feed. <laughs> Kill everything. So back to sports. <laughs> <laughs> but my grass just looks so good. You know what they play soccer on is grass. World Cup time. Hey! <laughs> World Cup time right now. Um, when we were uh, doing some, we had our business meeting earlier this, this evening um, at a local establishment. Mm-hmm. Uh, the World Cup was on one of the TVs. Uh, 
Iran was playing Morocco, and I thought it was funny. It was zero uh, <laughs> zero with uh, they were in their extra time. I think they were on their ninety fourth or ninety fifth minute. Isn't that weird in soccer? How someone just decides, oh, hey, four more minutes, keep going. Well, you know what it's for, though. Right? No, I know for yeah. stoppages and stuff yeah. like that. But I just think it's funny. It's by no means like timed out during the stop. No, there's not like a guy with a stopwatch. No, he's just like, oh, that's 37 extra seconds. No, it's like, oh, give you a minute. a minute for that one. Yeah. So it's anyway, they're on like their 95th minute. Yeah. And uh, uh, <laughs> it was funny because um, Iran had a, a corner kick and a Moroccan guy headed the ball in his own net. <laughs> and that's how they lost the game, <laughs> which was hilarious. Um, but World Cup season, I'm not a huge fan of watching soccer. Um, no. I always find myself watching World Cup, at least mm-hmm. uh, a lot of the highlights, even when the U.S. isn't in it. Yeah. Um, soccer is one of those sports you need a ball and somewhere to kick the ball at. That's why it's played everywhere. Mm-hmm. Every country in the world plays soccer. Um, any other sport, you need all this fancy equipment. And oh, stuff. yeah. So... It's cool to see the world come together every is it every four years, right? It's every four every years. Every four, four yep. years. Um, and they compete against each other. It's basically the Olympics of soccer. Mm-hmm. Um, same type of thing with the World Baseball Classic. Love yeah. it because it's, hey, I'm actually Canadian. Even though I play professionally in the U.S., I'm going to go play with my home country. Mm-hmm. Um, it's so much fun to watch. It, the The camaraderie of it is great. I mean, you you got some guys right now that they may play professionally, um, with each other, mm. but now they're playing on different teams yeah. against each other, which is great to watch. And it's—I mean—it's the best, some of the best soccer that you mm. can watch. And it's the thing I like about it is it's on pretty much twenty-four-seven. Yep, um, it's available, easy to watch, and the storylines people—you get hooked up. And then you're looking at—it's not just a one-and-done tournament. You're basically playing like a round robin in your group, and then you move on to the next round and the next round. There's what I want to say is like 70 or 80 games played in the World Cup to get to the finals. Yes, yeah, it's it's unreal. I mean, that's why the U.S. didn't make it. They just grabbed the bed. We're horrible at soccer. But we did, with the help of Canada and Mexico, land the 2026 <laughs> World Cup. I heard, I think there's at least 60, yeah, there's 80, oh, that's cool. 80 games in the World Cup. We got 60 of them here on home turf. Um, I'm excited for it. Uh, I was listening to the radio the other day. They were talking about, oh, well, I hope we qualify. Well, apparently, <laughs> though, if you host it, you get an automatic, automatic bid. bid. So, But that's eight years down the road. Um, I hope by then we got it at least figured out to be competitive. I know our women's soccer team is the best in the world, and our men's is one of the worst. I miss Mia Ham. Right. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I, I'm not a big soccer fan, but I, we're so good in like basically everything else. It's just annoying. We're not good at soccer. Well, it's we have in in the U.S. We have so many avenues for kids to go to. Exactly. Whether whether it's sports or arts or sciences, mm-hmm. there's so many avenues. In a lot of other countries. The only sport they have is soccer. Yeah. Um, the only other avenues they have is work with their family, hopefully get to school somewhere. Mm-hmm. If they're able to make it in that one sport that they do have, you better damn well believe they're going to be a great soccer player. Oh, for sure. We're here in the U.S. Oh, I'm okay at soccer. I'm actually really good at basketball, right. though, so I'm going to go pursue that. Right. So it's that's 
my biggest belief why, yeah, the U.S. is really catching on to soccer, mm-hmm. but we have so many opportunities for the youth that we're never going to be an elite soccer team. No, just because in the United States, at least presently, soccer is not as big as the four major sports. No, and I don't think it ever will be. No. It's, it's way too new. It's way too young. Um, not in our lifetime, maybe beyond it, but yeah, yeah, very true. That's very possible. I don't think, yeah, you're right. I don't think we'll ever see it. No, but, but yeah, it's exciting that they're coming. I think it's going to, um, gain interest in America just because of the world cup being played here. There's a handful of host cities. I think that's going to be awesome. You're going to see people who don't know anything about soccer. Don't pay attention to soccer watching it, going to games. That might be us. Go get drunk at the bar and go watch a soccer game. Yeah, I would. Let's do I it. think it'd be cool to go see. I mean, I'll I pencil you in for eight years. All right. See what we're doing. I gotcha. Maybe this is still a thing. We'll be famous. <laughs> <laughs> no, it'd be fun. It's one of those like bucket list things. Like, Okay, it was here in 94? Something like that. Yeah. Something like that. Um, so here in 2026, you're talking 22 years ago. And it's back. You got to go. And You're, soccer, between then and now, soccer has exploded. Oh, yeah. And it's going to continue to do that. Yep. It's, I don't. It'll be good. It's good for us. Oh, I, yeah. I would at least like to see some qualifier rounds in uh, in Detroit. That'd be fun. Yeah, that would be fun. I think we could. Let's, Why not? Uh, let's get a petition going. Let's do it. Heard it first. Heard, heard it here first. <laughs> Matt Muse petition. Matt Muse petition to play soccer in Detroit. Um, a cool thing about the World Cup. Uh, the countries always walk out with little kids. Who um, are those kids? Do you know that? I don't really know. That's the only thing that kind of is strange to me. There's a bunch of random kids like need to sign up. Is it a Make-A-Wish program? Well, let's find out. Oh, we should research that. Well, Adam's researching that. Um, I just uh, wanted to point out, in case you haven't seen the 3,000 commercials about it with Chris Pratt, um, there's going to be a, a new Jurassic Park movie. <laughs> Um, Jurassic World, Fallen Kingdom. The premise of it, from what I'm getting, is the island they've been on for when the first Jurassic came out, like 96, something like that. The island they've been on for 20 or so years um, is apparently a volcano, and it's exploding, and they have to take the dinosaurs to suburbia, which makes so much sense. Um, I don't know how much they're trying to milk out of Jurassic Park. You can't milk a dinosaur. <laughs> they're reptiles. I'm pretty sure they don't have milk ducks. Um, but I, uh, when was the last Jurassic Park? It just came out like three years oh, did ago. I was like never a big fan of it, so I didn't even pay attention. Well, I mean, it was it was a cool premise. They brought it back mm-hmm. after years and years. And Chris Pratt, great actor, love the guy. Mm-hmm. Does a great job. Um, but. This one, I guess I shouldn't judge it too harshly. I just think it's funny they continue to make these Jurassic Park movies. Kind of right. like, kinda like the, uh, um, what's the stupid driver show? Um, they made a million of them with cars. and they Oh, raced. Fast and Furious. Fast and Furious, thanks. Couldn't get Need for Speed out of me. That's a video game. <laughs> fast for, fast and Furious. Um, and it's There's so many of them, and it's the same thing every single time. It's like, here's cars. Here's the things we have to do. Uh, and it's going to look like we're not going to do it, and then we do it. Same thing with Jurassic Park. Here's mm. dinosaurs. Here's things we have to do. Oh, they're going to escape, and then we're going to take care of it. Yeah. Every movie's the same, Yeah. except there's dinosaurs instead of cars, and they still make millions and millions and millions of dollars every single time. Don't understand it, but I'll probably go watch it. 
<laughs> have you watched all of them up to this point? Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, That's I, the way I have like Fast and Furious. I, I, I've watched all of Fast and Furious, too. They're just terrible. They're oh, yeah. so bad. I cried at the last oh, uh, Paul God. Walker scene. Oh, Paul. <laughs> You didn't die. Some, in someone the movie. once told died me I look like Paul Walker. You don't look anything like Paul Walker. I'm white, bald, and with a beard. Wow. <laughs> You're also fat. <laughs> You're fat. I know I am. <laughs> I am. I got a little belly going. Um, when we drink all this uh, delicious Sam Adams beer. Right. So back to the. Pl- they're called player escorts. Oh, that um, sounds. I know. Erotic. Right. Right. Uh, between 6 and 18 years old, started in the 90s. And depending on the team, depends on the reason they're walking out. Children's rights, uh, pr- not-for-profit organizations, stuff like that. They just pair with teams and they go out and it raises money for the not-for-profit or the organization. And that's how why they do it. Um, someone cool. did say that the real reason you do it is so no one throws anything at you as you're walking <laughs> out of the tunnel, which could very well be true. <laughs> Because we know I've soccer fans soccer are fans get pretty rowdy. Yeah, so that's it. I I've seen it all the time. I think it's cool. It gets kids on the field involved with the game, stuff like that. So I, I think it's awesome. It gets them with their heroes, quote unquote. Um, yeah, I think it's a cool way to get everyone involved, and I hope it continues. And I don't know. I just I noticed that today when we were sitting there at G's, and um, did not mean to say that. Uh, <laughs> And saw him walk out of the tunnel, so... Cut it. I can't, can I? <laughs> um, no, that's really cool. That's... Uh, good job looking that up. You're pretty quick. Dude, it'd be quicker if we had an unpaid intern. We're still looking for one, everybody. Matt Muse, unpaid intern. I will write <laughs> you a hell of a, hell of a letter to college, Joe. So. You can make our list and run our Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook that we don't do enough on. <laughs> Just busy. And you will make... Uh, beer. I'll get you some beer. <laughs> there you go. Hopefully you're 21. <laughs> you have to be. That's you have the rule. to be 21. The one stipulation. 21. Other than that, I don't care if you can't type. Um, Wendy's Twitter. So Wendy's had, Twitter they, is the best Twitter. It, it is. is. They're the best. So everyone heard about IHOP. Changing, IHOP now. Going to IHOP. When I first heard it, I well, it's, they, they're going to breakfast. But they made such a big deal out of it. I'm like They're not going to breakfast. They're going to something else. They are now the International House of Burgers, and that morning that they made the announcement, everyone's on Twitter asking Wendy's, um, so you're just going to let IHOP sell burgers on your block? Thought you were the OG. Start going after them. What are you going to say? What are you going to say? They finally come back and say, we're not really afraid of the burgers that come from a place that decided pancakes were too hard. <laughs> Mic drop. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. <laughs> There, hit it. <laughs> That's the most pansy mic drop I've ever heard. Don't drop the mic. Paid for these mics. I ain't dropping them. Good job, Tony K, whoever the heck you are, for starting That's that. That's an because, X. Oh, Tony X. Solo City. He's verified. He's got to be famous. I don't know anything right about up. Twitter. Tony X. So, uh, what do you think of episode four? I liked it. I think it's good. We're getting better, guys. Um, I think we finally figured out our mic issue. Um, if not, yeah. let us know. Yeah, please. We've gotten feedback, um, but we're using an online mixer uh, at this point. We obviously down the road we'll we'll get a real one and everything. But at this point, this is what we got to do. Um, yeah, hope you all enjoyed it. Um, any words? Um, I had fun. 
Beer's good. I think it went well. Covered a lot of detailed information today, so yeah. might have to listen to this like three, four, or five times, everybody. Make sure you right. catch it all. There you go. Uh, again, you can reach us by email, mattmuse at gmail.com. Call or text us, 989-372-1391. Again, 989-372-1391. Or on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, at Matt Ampersand Muse. Uh, you will also see coming up, we're going to do overtime. Good buddy Carlos Dizzle's coming into town. That's going to drop live on Facebook on Saturday, and we'll throw that audio out there after that. Um, you realize when this comes live, that's going to be after that happened, right? Well, I hope you watched <laughs> the overtime with Carlos Dizzle. All right, everybody. Thanks for chiming in. See ya. See ya.